Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Hey, you know that old saying, a bird in the hand is worth $43 billion? Yeah, that's more of a it's more of a new saying, but yeah, whatever. This is the Catriot Podcast. My name is Mark K. Thanks so much for joining me today. Listen, this whole Twitter thing and the Disney thing and everything that's been going on with uh, these corporations and and social media and um, and free speech, it's really interesting because it's shedding a light on one of the biggest problems we have in this country, and that is the issue of minority rule. And minority rule tends to be a pretty bad thing. Um, as we're starting to see, and maybe that's why, maybe that's why you know, we kind of have more of a majority rule, uh, I concept in this country. Anyway, we'll get to that in a minute. First, though, this Twitter bid, the Twitter bid looks like it's going to happen after the Twitter board said, "No way, Elon Musk, take your forty-three billion dollars and and pound sand." Uh, when they said that, that seemed really exciting for them, and they, you know, they they puffed up their chest because they thought. They were going to be able to save Twitter, the non-free speech platform, the uh, the the uh, pulpit of propaganda for a lot of the left-wing media. They were all excited. They're like, we've done our due diligence. We beat back the evil overlord, Elon Musk. But the problem is that for the majority of Twitter stockholders and shareholders, Elon Musk was not the evil overlord. He was the savior. He was the savior coming to, to, coming to lift them out of a terrible investment that they made because Twitter is about as valuable today as it was when it first went on the market, what, eight years ago? Twitter is, in fact, if you look at inflation, it's less valuable because the dollar doesn't go nearly as far as it did when Twitter first had its IPO. But when Elon Musk came around and and the, this board who, and let's be honest, they don't even hold that much of a, a stake in the company. They barely hold any shares themselves. When they said to their shareholders, we are not going to entertain Elon Musk's bid and in fact, we're going to we're going to um, execute this poison pill option. A majority of the shareholders said, oh, what are you guys friggin nuts? Do you want us to sue you for uh, breaching your fiduciary responsibilities to us? Do you want us to sue you for not working in the best interest of the company and its stockholders as you as you were uh, hired to do? Are you just looking for millions and millions of dollars worth of lawsuits and lost income or potential uh, you know, valuation? This is this is something that is is popping up more and more, and I'm not sure where it started or why people think that it's a good thing. But it's this concept of minority rule because it happened with Disney as well. Disney, the minority or the little tiny piece of the company that was upset by the the um, Florida Rights and Education, the Parental Rights and Education Act, they, for whatever reason, got the attention of the board, of the CEO, of the president of the company, a minority of the company, a minority of of really the way, you know, people in this world think, or at least in this state. And they started to rule based on the minority. And when you rule to appease a vocal minority, nothing good ever happens. Um, Twitter's the same situation. Elon Musk came in and said, your company sucks. You guys have done a horrible job. I can fix it, but I have to take it private. I'm going to throw all this money at you. Um, you know, here's here's my offer. The board, which is a minority or the 
the vocal minority of Twitter stockholders who didn't want Elon Musk taking over, who didn't want him going private, who didn't want him fixing their company because they thought it was perfect. I mean, when you're when you're just creating and distributing propaganda for the left and you're doing it really well, when you've mastered the art of suppression of conservative ideas or you know, uh, not even that, but factual articles about the president's son that could be damaging to your elected officials when you've mastered the suppression of that, when you've mastered shadow banning, when you've mastered all mass deletion of accounts, when you've locked out the president of the United States effectively, not to mention a ton of other conservatives, then why would you want someone coming in and quote unquote fixing your business? Because in your mind, it works perfectly. I mean, it's just like what Pragwal whoever the guy in charge of Twitter is, it's like he said, the First Amendment is not our business model. We don't, you know, we believe there's more important things than the First Amendment. This is not a free speech platform. This is a listening platform, and we want everyone to be comfortable. As soon as you start throwing around the word comfortable, you know it's a woke organization. Anywho, so the minority rule was about to destroy Twitter too. Luckily, the majority stepped in because the majority of people who hold stock in Twitter looked at Elon Musk's offer and said, wow, $10 more a share than this company is actually worth? And let's say I have 1,000 shares, that's $10,000. Let's say I have 100,000 shares, that's a million dollars. They're not going to get that kind of valuation anywhere. And Twitter has not been able to increase the value of their company uh, by that much. In fact, like I said, they've been stagnant since day one. So the majority of shareholders, the state of Florida, by the way, included in that. Don't forget about Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis looked at, his, looked at the state of Florida's pension plan for all of the pension employees and realized that the state of Florida was a shareholder of Twitter. And that they held stock in Twitter. He said, I don't know how it happened, but somewhere along the line, one of our one of our investors, one of our fund managers purchased on behalf of the people of Florida and the workers of Florida a, a bunch of Twitter stock. And now we're a little upset because we would have loved to have sold out to Elon Musk for a profit. It would have been beneficial. We could have reinvested that money. We could have given it back to the pensioners. We could have got, you know, it it the fact that Twitter was not even in, I mean, not even engaging with Elon Musk on some kind of good faith negotiation, Ron DeSantis saw as, you know, again, a in, in a direct defiance with the board's obligations to the shareholders of which Ron DeSantis in the state of Florida is one. So this Sunday, yesterday, uh, over the weekend, Elon Musk and, and Twitter, they met and Elon Musk went after a bunch of, he went, he was smart. He went to like the big fund managers, the hedge fund guys. And he said, look, guys, they're not going to be able to get you this kind of value. They've over, they're, they're, they have a broken business model. Their management is not in tune with what's going on. And I can do better. I've done better. I will do better. Here's my plan. And it, on top of all that, I'm making you money instantly. It would take you another 10 or 20 years to see $10 uh, more per share in Twitter value. Even, and that's not even a guarantee. It could plummet. I mean, odds are it would probably plug it because everything woke goes broke and Twitter's no example. So the majority of the stockholders came forward and said, yo, guys, sell. And that's, I think, where, we're, where it looks like we're going. But the, the damage or the, the lesson should be learned, hopefully now by everyone. Minority rule does not work. Minority rule is never a good thing. And minority rule can not only be dangerous to your company or to your state, but also dangerous to people. I mean, when you look at the defund the police movement or when you look at Black Lives Matter, those are minorities. And I'm not saying because of their skin color. I'm talking about I'm talking about their ideology. 
there's not a big majority. There's not massive, overwhelming support for defunding the police. Yet in Los Angeles and Portland and Minneapolis, Minnesota, the minority, the very vocal minority who would surround the mayor's house, who would burn down police precincts, who would chant and yell and scream, who would loot and riot, that slim minority of people got their way. And as a result, the majority were a lot were a lot less safe. They're a lot they're they're put in peril and in danger. Police are leaving the uh, by droves. Either they're being fired or defunded, or they're like, "Screw you!" <laughs> you know, I don't need this crap. I spent my life defending you people. Now you people are like, "I'm the enemy." I'm not the enemy. You know who the enemy is? Uh, the society of people or the small might vocal minority who you're allowing to rule. And look, and I'm not saying that the majority always has the best ideas. I mean, if you believe that that Joe Biden got a minority, got a majority of the votes, great, 81 million votes is that a majority? Well, they definitely had a horrible idea. But for the most part, when you look at minority rule, when you look at what's happening in in all of these organizations, Disney and Twitter, and God, I'm sure there's there's a ton of others. It's the minority that takes over, and when that minority ideology is is given free reign or is given direction uh, to guide the country in a way that the majority disagrees with, well, you're going to have you're going to have some serious problems. Uh, all right. So if you ever find yourself in a situation where you work for a company and the minority is 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 driving the train, you might want to pull into the station and grab your bag and and adios that joint. Uh, listen, a Mark K show coming up later today. Fun fact, something very exciting is happening. I don't know if you saw this on Newsmax, but in the month of May, which is coming up in about a week or so, we are going to give away uh, $100 of gas every single day as part of the Keystone XL pipeline, which we're reopening, the Keystone XL pipeline. And we announced it on Newsmax over the weekend. I announced it on Twitter, speaking of which. But I want to let you guys know, too, if you want to every single day during May, somebody who's listening to this podcast will have the chance to win 100 bucks. Here's how it works. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com tech. First, you go to kstonexl.com. Go to kstonexl.com, K-A-Y-E-S-T-O-N.com, S-T-O-N-E, pardon me, let me do that again, K-A-Y-E-S-T-O-N-E-X-L.com, and enter to win there, and then every day during this podcast, you're going to hear a name. If it's your name, you'll have 24 hours to write us back, and if you write us back, we'll send you the gift card. It's really that easy. It happens May 2nd, because that's the first Monday in May, and it goes all the way through, well, the last Friday. In May, I forget. I think that's like May something. Anyway, if you want to enter to win, if you're look, you listen to this podcast anyway, I can tell because you're listening right now. You might as well make it worth your while. So go to Kstone XL, K-A-Y-E-S-T-O-N-E-X-L dot com and enter today. The first drawing will be May 2nd. Oh, and tell everybody you know to do it too.